In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm here with Scott Petrak. Scott, where in the world are you at the moment? <laughs> I'm standing outside Browns headquarters in Berea, Ohio. Well, Scott, thank you so much for your time and thanks for all the... Uh, hot exclusives that you may be able to give us straight from Bria. I'm actually sitting in an airport in Germany on my way back to uh, London. But yeah, thank you very much for your time. Let's talk about the um, press conferences today. Uh, Freddie was up earlier on. What did he have to say? Yeah, you know, there's, he's kind of stuck on this message of we're not panicking. You know, despite the one and two starts, despite only averaging 16 points a game on offense, he keeps coming back to the we're not panicking. And Everybody seems to think they're close to figuring it out. I'm not sure there's a lot of evidence of that on the field through three games, but that doesn't mean it can't happen. I mean, that's what Baker said and Odell said, and everybody kind of feels that way. Um, And then an interesting thing was, you know, Rex Ryan on ESPN the other day said Baker was overrated as hell and a one-read guy. And Freddie tried to kind of take the high road and said, oh, I respect or I appreciate his opinion. And then the follow-up started to be, well, is, there, is he a one-read guy? And Freddie cut it off, and he said, no, and I'm paraphrasing here, that's asinine to even say that, something like that. And then Baker was asked about it and said, well, to quote Freddie, you know, orange and brown is all if, – if you don't wear orange and brown, that's all that matters. And he said, Rex Ryan isn't wearing any colors, and there's a reason for that. So he's taking a shot at Rex for not being a coach anymore. So, you know, that was kind of interesting. I'm not sure how it has any impact on the game Sunday in Baltimore, but um, a little back and forth is always fun. Yeah, I think that's quite a nice way that Baker pull it, to be fair. He said it in a nice way, and uh, it is what it is. So, uh, But one thing I do like, Scott, is that Freddie and Baker seem to be very on the same page with the same message coming through. They do, and you're right. I do think that's important, and I think that's something the Bears watching. You know, if, you know, if it happened, if the offensive struggles happen to persist and Baker continue to struggle, you wonder if there would ever be a rift there, you know, there'd ever be an issue there. If if Baker especially felt that Freddie wasn't calling the right plays, you know, because we've talked a lot in the last few days about play calling and Freddie putting these guys in a good position. And I think it was Joel Batonio today who said, you know, Freddie keeps telling us, hey, I'm going to call better plays. So, you know, if your coach is admitting that, I think on one hand you appreciate that. On the other hand, you're like, well, figure it out because we need good play calls to win games here and to move the ball. So, but I would agree that right now, though, the Baker and Freddie are on the same page, and that's that's a necessity for a head coach and a quarterback. And Scott, what was your feedback from the game uh, from uh, Sunday night? Yeah, you know what? I, it's difficult because on one end they were so shorthanded, especially defensively, and it's a really good Rams team, right? I mean, they got Pro Bowlers up and down the roster, Super Bowl, you know, NFC champ last year, been to the Super Bowl, genius of a head coach. So for the the Browns to be right there, I think, speaks well of, you know, kind of the jump that the Browns have made. Normally, they wouldn't be that close to be a one touchdown away. And I thought the overall game plan was the right one to kind of slow down the game and shorten it and give yourself a chance to win when they were an underdog. Having said that, you would like to see the offense be better. And it still isn't nearly what it should be. And then 
finally, they had a chance to tie the game or win it, right? You're on the four-yard line, and that's the lasting impression is the inability to punch the ball in and give yourself a chance to win the game. And so, so that's what's going to linger. But I think if you take a step back, you can say they're right there with the Rams, and the Rams are a really good team. Yeah, I'm exactly the same, actually, Scott. I feel that having a coach that got us to that position is a great statement. And it wasn't by luck. It was uh, something that uh, yeah, we should be really proud of. You also commented today that Randall is back practicing. How does he look? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I mean, he, we don't get to see a ton of practice. He looked fine when I saw him out there. But the interesting part was when we talked to him, he was weird about the concussion. You know, he, he wouldn't answer questions about it. And I actually took another shot at him later by myself. and He didn't want to talk about it. You get the, I think he wanted you to get the impression that he didn't really have a concussion. But yet he was put in protocol, yet it cost him two games. I think he disagrees with the fact that they placed him in protocol. And obviously the doctors are trying to do the right thing for him. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't think he'd argue with that point of it. But I think he thought he could play. And he was kind of weird about answering questions about it. And then I asked him at the end, well, how many concussions have you had? And he said one. And then somebody said, well, one before this? And he just said one. So I think the meaning was I didn't really have a concussion and I, it cost me two games. But it, it sounds like uh, Ward's still out, Williams is still out, Burnett's still out, Redwine's still out, yeah. Hubbard's still out, Lamb's out, and Lawrence. It's it's still a, a big old list. It is. It is. And that the secondary, you know, not having those two corners is important. And my guess is they're not going to play. You know, I think Greedy was more optimistic than Denzel when we talked to him Monday thought he might have a chance, so we'll see if he practices tomorrow at all. But they're going to miss that speed. You know, I mean, Terrence Mitchell and TJ Carrier are veterans, and they're fine, and they're good three and four. But they don't have the speed of Denzel and Greedy. And when you're going against a guy like right, it's Marquise Brown, right, the rookie from Oklahoma, he's, yep. a, he's a deep threat, right? and he runs. I mean, that's what he does. So I think that will change a little bit of how the Browns can proceed in their coverage, you know, like coverage schemes on Sunday. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, those are the biggest injuries, I would say, the two corners. I think it's safety. They got enough depth that they can live without Burnett for a little bit. And then right tackle. You know, Chris Hubbard said he's told me he's got, like, a little slight crack in his foot and that he can play through it, but it's a week-to-week thing. You know, I think there's a little bit of hope that he can practice this week, but I think it's still a long shot for him to be able to go uh, Sunday against Baltimore. And, um, and Juku, it sounds like... He's gone for eight games. He's uh, not having surgery on that wrist. So, uh, well, he's not gonna he's he's not gonna have surgery, but he's on IR. So he definitely has to miss seven more games at least. The same with Kirksey, and Kirksey's still deciding whether or not to have surgery. Regarding Kirksey, I thought I didn't realize he's also on injuries reserve. I thought we had Forbes. We can only have two people on injury reserve. Oh yeah, you know what? A lot of people get that mistaken. You can put as many guys as you want on injured reserve. You can only bring back two. And ah. where the rules has changed is a couple of years ago, you had to designate the guys ahead of time. Now you just have to do it when they're ready to come off. So the Browns conceivably will have decisions to make, right? And Forbes would be the first one. Do they activate Forbes? If not, do they wait and activate Najoku? Or, you know, do they wait and hope that Kirksey comes back? Or, you know, somebody else could go on IR between now and then. So they're going to have decisions to make, but all these guys can go on it, but only two can come off. Got Yeah, okay. So one of them three players won't be back this season. Yeah, and there's somebody else that's got placed on IR, and I'm blanking right now who it is. Um, 
but yeah, I think it's more than just those three guys. I think there's somebody else on IR that could also be in the mix. Scott, you mentioned about the Ravens. What's your predictions for the game? Yeah, you know, it's still early. I kind of like to wait a little bit longer, but I'll just tell you this. I, you know, the Ravens are obviously off to a better start. And I think they are a clear favorite if you just look at how the season's open and they're at home and it's a tough crowd. But having said all that, I kind of have a good feeling that this is the week the Browns figure it out offensively. I'm not sure I'm ready to commit to the uh, picking a Browns win, but I feel like maybe this is the week. Now, you know, that's kind of based a little bit on faith. Because like I said, I don't think there's a whole lot of evidence that they're close to making that leap. But I just think they're – I just keep coming back to the talent. And I feel like one of these weeks they're going to bust through. And maybe it's this week because the Ravens' defense isn't quite what it used to be. Yeah, Scott, it feels like we're putting a lot of pressure as Browns fans on this as a real pivot game. We have got another seven divisional games. Yeah, you're right. And it's, you know, you can't give up with 12 games left in this season. However, there's a big difference between two, between being two games back of the Ravens with them having the early tiebreaker because they beat you or being tied to two and two and you have the early tiebreaker and the rematch is at First Energy Stadium. So, you know, I, I don't think you can put all your eggs in the basket, but I, I think how we feel about this team in this season would change tremendously if they went into Baltimore and got a win. Has there been any talk around Avery at all in camp recently? Um, you know what? He was finally active. You said Avery, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he was finally active, but most of that was because they had so many guys hurt that somebody had to be active. You know, they, they had no choices. It's not like they, had, they didn't have any healthy scratches. So he was active. Corbett was active. You know, in fact, Chris Smith and Sheldrick Redwine were active and they didn't even play. So, you know, he played a couple of snaps early. I noticed him and then he didn't get back on the field, I don't think, the rest of the game. So I just think he's not – he's just not in their rotation right now. And I'm not sure – and what he's going to have to do to get back in that, back in their good graces, so to speak. And yeah, the last thing is anything anyone talking about uh, Callaway yet at all, or is it totally off, uh, totally quiet at the moment? Yeah, you know what? That's a good question. He, it's been on kind of my the back of my mind to ask about Callaway because this is a final game he's sitting out, and I actually have seen him around a little bit. You know, he's allowed to be in the building, so I've seen him. You know, he looks fine. He's on social media, but it's worth asking Freddie how that ankle is because. You know, he had the high ankle sprain. I assume he'd be better by now, but that, you know, that injury can linger. Um, and then he'll be eligible Monday. So I think we need to find out if he's healthy. And then if he is, you know, can he be part of the part of the kickstart of the offense? You know, because he does bring a dimension that they could definitely use. Yeah. Well, Scott, thank you so much for the uh, update from Brea. I've missed all the news today. You filled me in great there. And uh, tell everyone, Scott, where can they find your details? Oh, yeah. It's, on Twitter, it's just Scott Petrak, S-C-O-T-T-P-E-T-R-A-K. And then you can read all the articles at brownszone.com, brownszone.com. Excellent. And uh, do you know when the uh, Browns are traveling to uh, the Ravens? They, you know what? They always try to plan it where they arrive the day before the game at like 2 or 3 in the afternoon. So I think that's when they'll be heading up there. Yeah, okay. I'm guessing they fly that journey. They wouldn't drive that far too far. Yeah, everybody's fine. Yeah, okay. All right, great. All right, Scott. Thanks a lot for your time. You take care. Thanks, Paul. Thanks a lot, Scott. Take care.